0: All right, welcome to another episode of the Become a Calm Mama podcast. I'm Darlene and I'm your host. And today we're going to talk about complaints versus criticism. And I really want to help you understand, like, what complaining is, and like where is a it, where it's appropriate, and then also what criticism looks like in parenting, and how that can uh, what it is, and then how it can create a lot of. Um, emotional disconnect between you and your kids so I want to start by just saying like I know that kids are really annoying um they make us angry right they do stuff that's frustrating they they don't really think before they act right so they don't use a lot of logic to make decisions and they're very reactive they're emotional they're dramatic then they don't manage all of those emotions well um they're not really usually very tidy, right? They like to play more than they like to work. And they also don't really keep track of time or their belongings. So yeah, like kids are annoying. And I like to just normalize that. Like, yeah, these are, you know, human beings with the inability to really delay gratification or control their emotions or manage, um, manage their emotions. And so we, we are kind of like in this relationship with people who are very, very immature. I used to say to myself like, oh my God, kids are so immature, <laughs> which of course they are. They're like literally the definition of not being mature because they're children. So in the course of parenting, okay, you're didn't, you're definitely going to have things to complain about. And that's normal. Like it's, actually kind of healthy right to complain about and like you know blow off some steam and things like that but what I want you to be careful is that your complaining doesn't become criticism so let me explain what I mean by that a complaint is about a specific behavior or event so you know thinking about like dirty dishes in the bedroom like that's a behavior that is annoying right Or your child missing an assignment or missing a bunch of assignments. I've had that with my kids, um, you know, where you look in the grade book, you know, the online grade book and you're like, oh my God, there's so many missing assignments. So that's something that is happening, right? Like it's a specific event or specific behavior. Or your child does what I call jack-in-the-box at bedtime. That's like when you put them to bed and then they keep getting up. (laughs) It's like jack-in-the-box. Um... Or not getting off the devices when you ask. So complaining is really when you're talking about a very specific behavior. Like, oh, it was so annoying. My kid has so many missing assignments. Or, oh, they keep getting up at bedtime. It's like jack-in-the-box every night around here. Right? Or, oh, I've said, like, don't have dirty dishes in the bedroom, and there's dirty dishes in the bedroom. So that's a Complaint. Now, a criticism is when you generalize a behavior and you attribute that behavior to your child's character or personality. So for a complaint with dirty dishes, you're like, oh, there's so many dirty dishes in this bedroom. It's like, actually a fact, right? There are a lot of dirty, there are dirty dishes in the bedroom. A criticism is when you Make that personal and you say, oh my God, you're such a slob. There's always dirty dishes in here. It's so gross in here. How can you live like this? That's a criticism. For the missing assignment, instead of being more factual, like, you know, it's annoying that you have missing assignments if you even needed to say that or you wanted to talk to your partner about it or something. Versus, ah, I told you, you don't even care about school. Like, you're so irresponsible. Why are you so irresponsible? That's a criticism. That's making it personal. Jack in the box at bedtime. Instead of just talking about the thing they're doing, you're being such a bad boy or you're being such a bad girl. I've told you over and over and over not to come out. You aren't a good listener. You're not listening to mommy. So, it, like you aren't listening is sort of a complaint because you could kind of say that they aren't listening, but saying you aren't a good listener is making it a much more personal attack. When they don't get off the devices and you're like, you're addicted to screens, you're rotting out your brain, you only care about screens, right? You make that, you generalize that, that one behavior and you make it about their character or their personality or, you know, catastrophize with it now I want you to understand that complaining about a specific behavior or an event it can be productive in parenting like I don't want to give you the impression that I'm like never complain about your kid's behavior like that's a not possible but it's also productive because if you're able to keep your observation about the behavior that external behavior the problem will be well it'll the problem will appear to be simple to solve because you can like, oh, this is a limit setting issue. I need to set better limits about this. But when you're looking at that that behavior and you're making like something wrong with your kid, it's going to be a lot harder to, to solve the problem. So it's easier for your brain to find a solution when it's really specific about a very specific behavior when that happens you just need to implement a stronger limit and follow through on that logical or natural consequence actually with criticism it's something i i teach in the connection tool which is when you narrate the behavior and being able to say like i see dirty dishes on the table or you, you know the there are clothes next to the hamper not in the hamper or I opened up the gradebook and there were a lot of missing assignments. Or I asked you to get off your device and you didn't. Like being specific is actually one of the things I teach you to notice. And it can s- sound like a complaint if you have a little bit of a, a whiny voice to it. Like, oh, you know, gosh, there's still so much going on here. Like you have, you know, these missing assignments. Now, when you notice that you're in that, complaining state, that probably is a good signal to you that you need to manage your own emotions, that you're not neutral yet. You're not actually in problem-solving mode or compassionate mode. You're in like um, dump mode, (laughs) okay? Like you're dumping some of that emotion onto your child. So criticism, though, it's not effective. It's not a strategy that is going to get you the result that you want, which is responsible, empathetic kids that you have a good relationship with. That's what I think of as the result we're working on is like you have taught your kids to think you've taught your kids how to care about others and you have a good relationship with them that they feel seen and heard by you. So if that's your goal, which if you're listening to this podcast, that's your goal, then criticism, it's not going to be an effective strategy to get you there. So here's, I'm going to give you three reasons why. I'm sure you can tell why, but like breaking it down I think is really helpful because it helps your brain understand why you want to train yourself not to do that. So the number one reason is attacking your kid's character or personality. It turns that simple behavior problem and it makes it appear as unsolvable. And that's going to lead you to feel powerless and overwhelmed. And when you feel powerless in parenting, what happens is you either overparent or underparent. So overparent is when you're getting more and more strict and like more controlling, like more rules, more lecture, more punishment. Cause you're like, I gotta change this kid's character. I gotta change this, it's like this behavior it's gotta get, we gotta get rid of it, right? So you feel powerless, so you on a overpower. Or sometimes you feel powerless and you're like, well, nothing I can do. And you underparent and that looks like emotionally checking out, being permissive, lack of routines, lack of follow through. So in both of those scenarios, what you're not doing is you're not helping your child understand and cope with the feelings that are driving their behavior in the first place. So you're not really able to, you know, help understand like why are you jack in the boxing? Like are you feeling lonely in your room? Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling scared? Why do you have these dirty dishes in the bedroom? Are you feeling distracted? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling confused (laughs) about how to clean up the kitchen or whatever? Clean up your room. Like, so when you are able to, you know, you didn't get off the device when you, you didn't get off the device. I wonder if you were feeling, you know, really like, you know, focused or intent to intent, having an intense um, game session or like, you know, Annoyed with me, something like that. So when you are making, you're catastrophizing, you're criticizing your child, then you're not able to actually help your child understand what's going on underneath the behavior. You're focused on the behavior and you're focused on their character or personality and making them wrong. And like their behavior is wrong, but their feelings aren't wrong and they aren't wrong as a human. Now, the other thing is that if you are attacking your child's character or personality, you're not actually following through with consequences. So you're not helping them see the impact their behavior has on themselves and others because you're kind of uh, emotional about it. So that uh, attacking your kid's character or personality or making them like, you're a slob, you're a bad girl, um, you're addicted to screens. You know, you don't care about school, like you're really irresponsible. Saying those kinds of things to your child is going to make you feel powerless. Now, the number two reason is that it's going to give your kid a negative self-concept. I'm going to teach you in a couple of episodes about self-concept, but what self-concept is, it's a little bit different than self-esteem, right? So self-esteem is like, how valuable am I? How important am I in society? Self-concept is different because it's actually, who am I? Not like, am I valuable? But like, who am I? How do I define myself? So self-concept is a collection of thoughts we have about ourselves. We all have that. Like, I'm an amazing parenting coach. That's a self-concept I have about myself. I'm a really great mom. I am a loving friend. I um, am really, really a person who likes hiking or whatever, right? Like, I love the outdoors. These are things, a collection of thoughts about myself. I love reading. These are my my self-concept of me as a person. Now, kids, they also have a self-concept. So they get their self-concept from the messages we send them. So if your child walks around thinking, I'm a slob, I'm irresponsible. I don't care about school. I'm a bad kid. I don't ever listen. I'm addicted to screens. They end up having a low self concept. Now, remember, thoughts create feelings and feelings drive behavior. So, if your child is thinking, I'm a bad kid, they're going to feel, you know, insecure or um, hurt or angry or um depressed, right? And then their behavior is going to show up in ways that you know aren't great. So, we want to build up our kids with instead of tearing them down. We want to give them the messages so they create a great self-concept. I'm going to teach you how that how to do that in a couple episodes. Now, the third reason why criticism isn't effective is because it actually leads to disconnection between you and your child. So the bummer is that if you practice thinking these negative thoughts about your kid, then criticism leads to contempt. Now what contempt is, is contempt shows up in relationships when we lose the feeling of respect, fondness, and admiration for the other person. So consistent criticism and contempt it's going to lead to your child tuning you out. And that warmth between you, it's going to cool and the emotional distance is going to grow. So one of the ways we get out of contempt, right, is doing the delight list. And that was in a, you know a couple episodes back about like when you don't like your kid. And it's like, that's really when you have a collection of negative thoughts about your child, you're on your way to contempt and resentment. And it's going to create that emotional distance between you and your child. And it starts with turning a complaint into a criticism. So how do you get out of this pattern of criticism, right? The first step for pretty much every self-development or personal growth strategy, like to do anything, um, if you want to change your behavior, is awareness. So... In this category, in this this way, I want you to think about awareness is like just noticing how you are complaining. Like, what exactly are you saying when your kids misbehave? Are you keeping your complaints about the facts? Or are you editorializing the situations with generalizations, like always and never? And are you adding that character criticism to the conversation? So just kind of noticing like, what did I say and how did I say it is going to be really, really helpful. The other way to get out of criticism is to like help your children behave differently, right? So if you have less to complain about, if your kids are behaving better, then you're going to have less to complain about. So if you have a misbehavior that keeps coming up like a pattern, don't make it about your child's personality, Instead, remember, you're the parent. Take your agency back. Reset the limits that you want to have in your family. Go back through this this podcast and read, I mean, listen to the Limit Setting podcast episodes and things like that so that you understand what I'm talking about. You know, go ahead and sign up for the summer replay because I talk about limits and how to set them on, um, on day two. So, that's, you know, slash summer plan replay. And that'll be in the show notes. So I've, I've taught you how to set limits. You have to do it, right? You have to go in and say, you can go to your friend's house after your room is clean. Or you are welcome to use this device as long as you get off when there's no problem. Or I would be happy to read to you tomorrow night as long as there's no jack-in-the-box tonight. So you read normal next day, time for reading time. Oh, you jack-in-the-box last night. I'm not going to read to you. So we need to have these limits like for, you know, for the examples we're using in this podcast episode, like about homework assignments. Like you can go to your friend's house as long as you have, you know, no more missing assignments or what we did in our family when the boys were younger was, you know, you're welcome to use to play video games on the school nights as long as you have A's and B's, and then you're welcome to play on the weekends as long as you have season up. So that was our strategy. That was our limit. So if there was a lot of missing assignments, that usually meant lower letter grade, right? Um, so I'll give you some examples of how to set limits. Then another way to get out of the pattern of criticism is to create that delight list. I did a whole podcast episode on this. But when contempt is creeping in, it's time to reset your thoughts about your kids back to how you want to think about them. So you sit down and you make a list of positive qualities that your child has. I say aim for 30. And then get in the habit of scanning for qualities and actions you can appreciate right? So you can like, you know, oh, I really appreciate that you got up on, on your own this morning without me waking you. Or you're really responsible because, and then find evidence how that could be true. Find evidence how they do listen. Find evidence that they're responsible. Find evidence that they're kind. Like look for the evidence to prove yourself right. Look, get in that habit of scanning for qualities and actions that you can appreciate. And then let your child know what you've observed, and offer a genuine appreciation of that behavior or trait. Like, say it out loud. Huh, you are really working hard on keeping your room clean. Look at that. I've noticed all of the clothes are in the hamper. So acknowledging, it's not it's not praise. It's not like you're such a good boy, <laughs> right? It's more like making observations about behaviors in order to build evidence for yourself and for them that they have a great... Um, you know, that they can believe that they're really a person that is kind and loving and responsible and clean and all that. So this practicing the delight list, just by yourself, writing it down, it makes a huge impact on how you relate with your child because you're going to start to look for evidence of new behaviors and like reinforce the behaviors that you want to see. You'll um, also... Just kind of change your emotional energy between the two of you, between you and your child. They will know that you are feeling loving towards them. It's just, you know, like I I hear you like emotional energy, woo woo, darling, come on. But actually you can tell, right? When someone likes you and when they don't, like if you're in a, in like an environment at work or, you know, like a PTA meeting or something, and you're just like, I get the vibe that this chick does not like me. <laughs> no, it might not be true, but there's some sort of like, you know, emotional communication going on. You can feel it. So, I want you to your kids to feel the love and and connection that you actually do feel for them. Like, I know their behavior gets in the way. I started this podcast episode talking about how annoying children are. And their behavior can get in the way. But we can complain, but not criticize. Right? We don't want to make it personal. So growing your awareness, setting those limits, practicing positive thoughts about your kids, this is going to be how you shift out of that complaint, I mean, out of that criticism pattern. So before we get before I wrap up, I wanted to say two things. One thing is that I I do I want you to feel safe complaining. Okay. Like, I want you to have a place where you can dump some of these complaints. So, like in Call Mama Club, like you can always just dump them into our Facebook group or whatever and just be like, my kid is so annoying. I don't want coaching. I just want to thought dump here and vent and like put all this out there. And the rest of us are like, yep, we got it. Okay. Um, Or, you know, going to your friend or your partner and just kind of like, oh my God, this behavior, it's so frustrating, it's so annoying. And when you do that, I want you to do it with a purpose. I want you to do it like you are getting a journal entry done. Like you're just like, I've got to get all this out and complain so that I can shift from anger, from annoyance, from frustration into neutrality. Like into, um, huh, okay, so my kid has this pattern, and what do I want to do about it? Like, I want you to be able to be that sort of neutral about the behavior itself. Like, it doesn't bother you, which I know it's going to, you're going to start with it bothering you. I want you to get it out. You can also do what I call a thought dump, where you just write down a list of all the things that is really annoying about the circumstance or about your kid. And then you can, like, Burn it or throw it away or whatever. You don't have to keep it, um, or you can put that in our Facebook group, or you can um, share it with you know your partner or something. But knowing that the purpose of doing that is to get it out so that you can shift. Now, in the calm mama process, right? That's the process of calm. Like, sure, you're calm. You're not yelling. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what calm is calm is that ability to move through your own emotions about something so that you can be compassionate towards your child, narrate and name their emotions. That's connect. Then set really clear limits. That's limit set. And then have the the commitment to following through with correction. So that's why the process is calm, connect, limit set correct and it works in every circumstance no matter what the behavior is we're going to have thoughts and feelings about it we're human so we want to get to calm we're going to move through our criticism move through our complaints so that we don't dump that stuff on our kids so that we actually show up ready to emotionally coach them through their behavior and set limits and follow through with consequences so that's one thing I wanted to say like if you need to complain complain But do it with a purpose so that you can shift. And if you notice you're starting to get into criticism, stop. It's not helpful to spend any time or energy personalizing and making your kid, um, like, your kid the problem. It's like their behavior is the problem. So the second thing I wanted to say is, seriously, do not shame yourself. Like, I am so sick of mom shaming and like, I'm not a good mom. And, you know, I, I do this all the time. And like, this, I just listen to this whole podcast and I feel like such crap. And like, no, 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 that is not the purpose of this podcast. It's not the purpose of the Calm Mama Club. It's none of it is, it's not, it's a trap, right? Don't fall into the I'm a bad mom club, okay? Everyone has moments when they think shitty thoughts about their kid. Everybody does. It's totally normal. And there's nothing wrong with you. You're not a bad mom. The problem with the shitty thoughts is that those can can become a habit. And then you get stuck in that negative thought spiral about your kid. That's why the delight list is so powerful because it shifts you out. That's why thought dumping is so powerful because it gives you a place to dump those thoughts. So we want... To recognize, yeah, you're going to have negative thoughts. Don't judge yourself about the thoughts. It's really when you get stuck in a spiral about your kid and you can't get out of it. Now that is what coaching is for because it is really easy to get stuck. That's just the, it's just how we are. I have a coach, right? I am a coach. I coach all the moms in Calm Mama Club and in my private, you know, one-on-one program because You sometimes need someone to ask you those questions like, what else could be true? Or how else could we think about this? Or do you have evidence that your child isn't a total sociopath? Like, (laughs) right, like being able to get somebody else to see a different side and help you get to that other side. So that's what coaching is for. And that's what Calm Mama Club is for. And that's where you get like that practical parenting support, like real boots on the ground so that you don't ever get stuck again because I, I want you to have the relationship you want with your kids when they're grown. I want them to feel really seen and understood by you. I want, I want you to raise kids who are responsible in terms of like work habits and hygiene and you know like being able to like manage money, all those practical things and also emotionally responsible Responsible for themselves, like managing their own emotions, being a good partner in a relationship or being a, a good friend, you know, being a good colleague and learning how to, you know, manage their own emotions and then show up kindly and compassionately for others. That's what we're all in it for. And that's what we're doing here. And so for today, for your takeaway, I want you just to build that awareness and notice If you are complaining, what exactly are you saying? Are you keeping those complaints about the facts? Or are you turning them into criticism? So that's your work this week. And I hope to see you next time. Have a great week.